Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 16. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm hearing a lot of zzz, zzz, in your in your chair. What's going on? And those, that's my bionic. Uh, that's my bionic betting arm, dude. I'm like a robot, man. I just stack Ched. Another lock <laughs> of the week. Just loyal listeners. They can't wait to hear it. I know the first thing that everyone wants to know. Yes, my lock of the week hit. If you didn't bet it, you missed out. And Mad Money Mike's on top of the world once again. Let's go. God, I feel so stupid. I sh- I I called that game first the record Mm. but i took the freaking vikings which we're gonna get into here in a second ah congratulations mad money mike you hit your lock of the week the vikings continue to derail my season as they lose to the lions but anyway before we get into the week 14 recap we've got some world cup we need to talk about mad money mike who is it Messi is looking for his first world cup victory argentina beat the netherlands 3 to 2 in pk's last week there was a world cup record 17 yellow cards tomorrow Ooh. tuesday we've got argentina versus croatia and then on wednesday we've got france versus morocco and the finals on sunday man money mike do they show the world cup up in portland and uh, if so what, what are your takes on uh, any leans any bets what do you got Dude, that's hilarious, man. Portland is like soccer capital of the U.S., man. They love it up here. They're okay. like, football is brutal. Football is for animals. We play we play football. <laughs> <laughs> they love soccer, dude. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely uh, pumped about this, man. Tough draw. Tough draw for uh, Argentina with Croatia as the World Cup darlings playing uh, playing out of their minds. So uh, that'll be the fascinating game that obviously everyone can't wait to see. And this is about the time that I really get sucked into the World Cup. It's like, dude, soccer is like, whew. I mean, I don't understand why they play the first 90 minutes. Just take it straight to PKs. <laughs> like, just do the exciting part. Well, the whole yeah. thing should just it should just be 90 minutes of straight PKs. Most there was like watching people wear themselves out, just like running back and forth. Like, let me guess, like 1-0 will be the final score. So... <laughs> But anyways, with that being said, once we get into like Final Four territory, then I can uh, I can stomach it regardless because it's exciting. There's a lot on the line, so I'm pretty pumped about it. Dude, you are right. It is an insane amount of running that these poor guys have to do all to tr- like potentially score one goal. It's ridiculous. Bonkers. Bonkers. What they should do is they should eliminate goalies, make the goal smaller. So that's kind of the counter. So make the goal a little okay. bit smaller. But no goalie. Okay. So then so it's just like ripping it from anywhere. It's up to the defenders. Uh, you know, and but there's like a circle that the defenders can't go in, kind of a situation or something. I don't uh, know. I'm still working it out, but something more exciting. I mean, dude, yeah. it's like, come on, man. It's twenty twenty two. You know, I love tradition as much as the next guy, but we gotta spice it up. Dude, you know how the NFL, like the rules committee, like tweaks all the rules so that there's more scoring? I feel like if we stick those guys on this you know, soccer problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. Um, 
they would get it lined out in no time flat. We'd have games you going have any 40 idea? to 42. A hundred percent. Do you have any idea how effective a joystick Johnny would be on the <laughs> soccer field? Like, you know, how many, how many times do these guys kick a ball and it's just sailing so wide of the goals? Like, so like, what you just like kicked it a hundred yards into the stands. I got a solution for you. Joystick Johnny trademark by Mad Money Mike. Ball zooming out to God. Bam, joystick Johnny just jams it. Zing. So just zip that thing right in past the goalie, dude. Let's go. It makes you wonder if there was a joystick Johnny for like David Beckham. You know, like the phrase like bend it like Beckham. Like that looked pretty unnatural. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's a joystick Johnny already and he's just, you know, not very good at what he does. All right, listen. I didn't want to break this story at this time, but it turns out that David Beckham is in fact joystick Johnny. Oh, my. Where he got to start. Uh, All right, well, let's move it back into the real football. I don't care what uh, you Portlandians. What? Or what? If you're from Portland, what's you know, Portlandites? What's it called? I think we're Portlanders. Okay, whatever you Portlanders, it's not real football. We're going back to real football, and we're gonna just we'll quickly touch on college. Mammoni Mike, Caleb Williams, the quarterback from USC, won the Heisman. The first USC Heisman Trophy winner since Reggie Bush in 2005. He is he was plus 600 preseason. So congrats to any uh, Caleb Williams ticket holders. But also you kind of got to say, you know, you didn't quite do enough Caleb Williams because USC is not in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like they didn't make it. Like shouldn't that be like a qualifying requirement to win the Heisman? It's a little bit weird because I guess it's the idea is that it's like. Because college doesn't have an MVP. There's not like a most valuable player. So in a way, Heisman is kind of like the most valuable player. And we see this a lot in professional sports where it's like the team might not be good, but without you, they would have been like less than trash. They would have been like raccoon dropping. So it's like, you know, because of you, you got so much team success, made it all the way, almost made the playoffs. But it basically is an MVP style award where you know whatever he made the difference that's the way i see it that's the only okay. thing i can make you know sense of because i agree so, with you okay so all right so wow well, i'm gonna ask so are you okay with that he won the heisman and usc didn't make the playoffs or are you saying like that should be a requirement no no no. i'm what i'm saying is that i'm totally fine with it now okay. I, agree, I agree with you that it's like hey it's debate worthy and it raises eyebrows but my side of the debate is that it's an mvp style so your team doesn't actually have to like you know, go full yeah. success, but they just have to be yeah. awesome. But it has to be squarely because of you yeah. um, type situation. So there you go. Yeah, and it's not like USC was like middle of the pack. I mean, they were great. They just like got fifth place or something. So and top four make it in. Only other thing I want to mention, Mad Money Mike, Army-Navy game, 20-17 to 17 in overtime. It goes over for the first time since 2005, and it took overtime for the over to finally hit. Navy didn't complete a pass in regulation. Well, I mean, what in the heck is going on? I didn't watch that game. I'd rather watch a soccer game before I saw that Can game. Can you just like loyal listeners roll that around in your head for a second? Did not complete a pass in regulation. I mean, that's like, and that was in like perfect conditions, but that's like the equivalent of watching like Bill's Patriots in the ice bowl or something. Uh, it's just, dude, that is just so crazy. But a lot of tradition on the field. Uh, tip of the cap to the armed services, man. We really do appreciate uh, the service that these guys, uh, you know, put in for us, for our families, for everybody all around the world, not even just uh, in the U.S. But uh, uh, so we thank them for our service and the tradition 
certainly shows on the field. You know, running the ball like that is a is a big uh, throwback to tradition and um, pretty cool, exciting stuff that we were all kind of following it to see if it was going to go over, under once again. It ends up going to overtime. Sly tinfoil hat, but no, arm services can't do that. But anyways, it goes <laughs> over. Uh, yes, thank you for uh, clarifying that. I have absolutely nothing but respect for the armed forces. Just uh, didn't watch the football game. All right, let's move to the week 14 recap NFL. Yes, and we're going to start off with Thursday night football. Mad Bunny Mike, Raiders at Rams. And we all, I knew this was coming. I knew it was going to happen. The Raiders were going to be the Raiders, and it happened on Thursday. Baker Mayfield, with like two days to learn a playbook on a plane flight over from Carolina after being released, gets picked up uh, off waivers by the Rams, the only team to put in a waiver claim for Baker Mayfield. And he apparently learned the playbook because did you see the play calls? Like they put one on the TV screen. Like calling a play in Sean McVay's offense involves like a random series of two to eight letter, uh, two syllable, two to eight syllable words in like combinations of 40 just for one play. And you're trying to tell me that Baker Mayfield learned that whole playbook and all that whole scheme in two days and then is able to have the longest two minute drill touchdown in 45 seasons. It was, I, I forget how long it was uh, from the two yard line, a 98 yard touchdown drive with no timeouts and a new quarterback. There's so much to say about this. The Raiders were up 16 to three. The Rams come back, score two consecutive touchdowns with like five minutes left, and then you know down to the last two seconds. The Raiders blow up. The Rams win. Their season is still way over. Um, but yeah, this cost a lot of people a lot of uh, parlays and teases right out the gate. Man, money, Mike. What were your thoughts on this insane game? This game basically ended my run as a off-the-cuff gambler like it's over for me like i'm hanging it up like i am going to completely alter the way that my life is lived from this point on as a result of this unbelievable bleep show okay do you want to so first yeah so that last drive of uh you know eight plays 98 yards that was awesome but you know what was way more awesome the drive before it because here's a little quiz for you how much time was left on the clock when the score was 16 to 3? It was okay? like five minutes, right? No, it was three minutes and 56 seconds. Whoa. Right? And then at three minutes and 55 seconds is when they scored their touchdown to go 16 10. But that drive, even though they scored at three minutes and 55 seconds, they started that drive at 12 minutes and 20 seconds. That was a nine minute and one second drive to be wow. to be dominating for an entire quarter of football. That is almost an entire quarter of football for nine minutes. The Rams went 75 yards on 17 plays, just one demoralizing third down conversion after another. That means for the Raiders to be over there on the sideline and watch that happen and then to come out and go three and out, go to yeah. go three and out. Against Baker, you know, to watch Baker Mayfield do that to you for nine minutes and to know that your defense is just getting like dominated by like this Muppet who just got traded away and then is beating you on 48 hours and then to go three and out. And the fact that they came back and went eight plays, 98 yards in a minute and 35 seconds immediately after that, it's no surprise. That's whatever, because <laughs> because it all happened on the two drives right before it. But anyways, man, I'm just as you can tell, I'm beside myself on this. The Raiders are. 
they don't deserve to be a team. And that is not a mad money Mike hot take. They just simply do not deserve to be a team. They absolutely, each one of those guys needs to be just shipped off to a different country to do like humanitarian work to like start giving back to the world what they've taken away from it. And Josh McDaniels, you don't even want to know what I think should happen to Josh McDaniels, okay? But I will tell you one thing. It involves a wood chipper. <laughs> this guy is the worst of the worst. Come on. Oh, God. It's given me visions. I was back in week two. They were up. The Raiders were up like 20 to nothing versus the Cardinals. I was at that game and the Cardinals came all the way back and won it in overtime. The Raiders are in my black book and <clears throat> I'm sure the rest of America's black book as well um, based on last night's game or I'm sorry, last Thursday's game. Mammy Mike, I retweeted this. We're living in a simulation. We just talked oh, yeah. about a 16 to 3 two touchdown comfort behind victory on Thursday night football by the Rams to win 17 to 16 and we didn't get to talk about it last week but Monday night football last week was Saints Bucks where the Saints were up 16 to 3 late in the fourth and the Bucks go TD TD to also win 17 to 16 so I don't, I, I just learned a little bit about like simulations and how there's a good chance we are living in simulations. And this is a little bit of a glitch in the matrix to where, you know, the super users kind of, you know, didn't quite cover their tracks there. You know, a little bit of deja vu. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Our signature segment, uh, Diaper Dad Diaries, always derails my, uh, you know, my my simulation theory uh, thoughts because I, I have to agree with you, man. When I watch the way the NFL is played and I see things like this happen, there's no way that this is real. There's just simply no way this is real. Now, I don't know if it's my simulation or if it's your simulation or what, but uh, but something, dude, something's not right, man. Something's not right. There's no way. I mean, I, I think really what it is, it's just more just like rigged crap. Just a bunch of just a bunch of NFL billionaires just sitting around in a room and just like all smoking stogies and doing you know unholy things and just thinking of ways to just pie hole us game after game, dude. <laughs> I imagine they have like 10 screens all with like different camera angles of you. And they're just sitting there with their stogies like, ah, how are we going to ruin this guy this week? hundred <laughs> percent. That is it. That is absolutely yeah. it. That's not a stretch. That's not a joke. That's exactly what's happening. And you answered the question. It's my simulation. Apparently. God, what did I do in a past life, man? It must've been bad. Dude, I was thinking about it. I think that you were like watching a black cat cross your path through a shattered mirror over an Indian burial ground. That is what you must have done in a past life. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know why it's all getting channeled because I'm a very lucky man. Don't get me wrong. I'm a very lucky man. I live a very blessed life. But, dude, when it comes to the gridiron, they're out to get me, brother. Oh, man. All right. We need to keep moving. Let's move to the Sunday slate to where the Cowboys <clears throat> tried all, almost succeeded like the Raiders in blowing – a game where they were 17-point favorites versus the Houston Texans. Somehow the Texans figured out the combo breaker of Jeff Driscoll and Josh Mills to beating the Cowboys, who dropped like 33 points in a quarter last week, and their defense has been like, you know, top five in the league. But somehow, what is it? The uh, the Texans put up 23 points, and the Cowboys managed 27 with, 47, with 41 seconds left. Uh, the Cowboys finally get a touchdown drive. Dak had two interceptions in this game. Does not look good. I'm start, I'm thinking this might be like a referendum on Dak Prescott because I've had his back for a while now. And this season, he has uh, continually let 
us down. Let us betters down. I mean, the spread was 17, and the Texans were up the entire game. Uh, fourth down stops. Like I said, two interceptions. But the Cowboys have still won four straight. Um, and the Texans are like 1-11-1 and one or 1-10-1. But, man, this was a scary one for all of, uh, all of us betters that had uh, Cowboys money line, like minus 1,400 on their parlays. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and Dak, I mean, it's unbelievable the way this game ended. He throws the interception and deep in their own territory, and then all you know, the, all the Texans have to do is just punch it in from the four-yard line. They go Can't four. They go turnover on downs from the four-yard <laughs> oh, line. Man, it's unbelievable. Uh, and then, of course, Dallas proceeds to go 11 plays, 98 yards to get the touchdown. Dak is back. The Dak attack. And, uh, and then that was it. And then Texans, of course, uh, interception there and, uh, and panic time at the end to see if they can recover. But, man, the amount of time that the Texans led, pretty wild, you know, unbelievable. Texans are 1-11-1. What a record, man. Cowboys have obviously a bad, you know, you know, an inconsistency problem. So it's like what's going to happen in the postseason? We talk about this all the time with Dallas. We know they've got the talent, but there's an inconsistency problem. How was Mike McCarthy not able to game plan for the Texans and to allow something like this to happen? You know, Pierce, what a running back, dude. This guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with, man. It's definitely possible that the Texans have, you know, a couple uh, couple of good seasons coming up if they can kind of put some things together just because I really do think Davis Mills is, a, is an athletic quarterback who's got some intangibles. But Pierce, the way he runs the ball, is pretty special. Um, here I am saying that after one good performance. But, man, what about all those losses? No. Damian Pierce has had good performances. This isn't his first one. And I kind of agree with you. Is, is it Davis Mills or Josh Mills? I was, Davis Mills. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of a coworker. <laughs> yeah, he's he's played good too. Also quarterback for the Texans. <laughs> no, no. But the only thing I don't know is if like the last head coach for the Texans, I forget his name, but he like sold their future, mortgaged their future so hard. I still don't know if they have any draft picks. Like they might owe their first round draft yeah. pick to like 2028. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not too so sure. We'll, so we'll see, man. Um, fascinating game, exciting to watch. Hard to make something of it, but I will say that Dallas's inconsistency is my takeaway, and it's going to bite them in the playoffs. That's what I see. Yeah, I I agree with you there. They're offensive and I guess defensive um, issues. I, I'm concerned Dak's going to be the reason that they lose. He's got to fix those turnovers, and uh, like you mentioned, the the defense has to show up every down. I'm not sure where they went. Um, okay, yeah, let's keep moving. Mad Money Mike, the Vikings versus the Lions. Ooh. This was my lock of the week. Lock of the week. Son yeah. of a mother. It missed again. I'm awful. But so were the Vikings. I mean, this was just a pure out-coaching, out-classed matchup. Dan Campbell drinking his 48 coffees a day every morning is better than Kevin O'Connell. I mean, they went for it. They had a fake punt from their own 27. Talk about gutsy. Talk about throwing awesome. the kitchen sink. It was like 41-yard gain. And then to ice the game, they had Penay Sewell catch a first down pass, like a tackle report is eligible. Bing, bang, boom. First down, game is over. The Lions have won five of six. They're now six and seven. Uh, Dalvin Cook on the uh, Vikings, he had like the worst game ever. And of course, I started him in like my eliminator playoffs he had what did he have 15 rushes for 23 yards in a red zone fumble also i chose amon ross st brown who's supposed to be like the, the the you know the darling of you know the advanced statistics he went six for 68 meanwhile 
Justin Jefferson sat on my bench. He had 11 receptions for 223 yards. We had talked about him Next. being the uh, yeah being the the favorite for offensive uh, player of the year. We got a bet in on him at plus 250. Roll the tape. He's now like plus 150. I mean. He really made up for the last game versus the Lions where he had like three receptions for 40 yards. Man, Money Mike, I feel like I'm rambling here a little bit, but I mean, I, I'm i just pissed because I had the Vikings and I thought that, uh, you know, they were going to keep winning games, but the Lions just clearly outplayed and outcoached them. Yeah, pretty fascinating, uh, you know, pregame line that we talked about. How is it that the Lions are favored? Uh, well, me and Vegas knew something that uh, – that the rest of us didn't. I'm sure that Vegas, you know, cleaned up. The Lions couldn't be stopped. Every time the Vikings made a move, the Lions came right back. Pretty unbelievable what they're putting together, man. And the way that they're spreading the ball around, like you said, it's not like they're just, it's not like it's, you know, Amon Ra had 400 receiving yards. Dude, like so many different guys cut touchdowns. They're spreading it around. They're making it happen on defense. Now, we have talked about the Vikings. We talked about them last week, possibly even the week before being a first place team that had a negative point differential all their super close games you know them not really necessarily being what uh what their record and what their standing shows them to be so there is that whole component that uh you know the vikings really aren't as good as their record reflects so a little bit of that but i think regardless there's no possible way that you cannot give a tip of the cap to the lions on uh, on what they've done um you know with their season given some of the losses they've had and uh, certainly looks like a bright future going forward. Yeah. They still have like a chance at making the playoffs. When you think about the Seahawks, the uh, commanders and the giants, I mean, none of those teams are striking fear in anybody's eyes anymore. And in fact, most of them are losing um, if they're playing, you know, except they're tying if they're playing each other. So uh, may have to take a look at the lines, to make the playoffs uh, here up uh, when we take a look at the look ahead, but, maybe like the most over overhyped bet um, going back all the way to the preseason. So anyway, let's keep moving. Jets, Bills, talk about a snooze fest in the first half. I mean, the faucet of scoring didn't turn on until right before the end of the first half. The Bills took a 7-0 lead with a touchdown reception by Dawson Knox, the tight end. Then the Jets come out right at the start of the second half with a 10-play, 71-yard touchdown drive, 7-7. Josh Allen runs one in up 14-7. Mike White takes some brutal hits. He goes out twice in this game. I don't know if you saw that second one. Like he took a he, he it wasn't even a sack. He got the ball out, but he got pummeled into next week. He was like on the ground, like unable to breathe. And the backup quarterback is Joe Flacco. It is not pretty boy Zach Wilson. Um, but nevertheless, Mike White does come back in, is able to uh get the backdoor cover 12 to 20. Uh, the Bills have won four straight. They do win this game, like I said, 12 to 20. But, uh, boy, what grit, toughness, and determination by Mike White. You know, good job by uh, the Jets on pulling that uh, quarterback change. Man, what do you make thoughts on this game? Yeah, pretty fascinating, uh, you know, to see, for me, what the Bills are made of because the Jets are a tough team. The Jets are a tough ball club, man. I really thought I was going to take some money from you. You know, I had the Jets winning this one outright for a big plus money. And when they uh, came right out and scored that touchdown after uh, the second half to tie it up, given the way the first half had gone, I thought it was I thought it was mad money, Mike, on the attack. But, uh, but man, <laughs> the Bills really have something special going. They had that lull, that midseason lull. We've talked about this a lot. Obviously, they came out hot, midseason lull. 
Now, it certainly looks like they're getting hot at the right time. Now, we've still got four games to go, so they still have got to stay healthy. Four games in the NFL is absolutely brutal. There's going to be uh, there's going to be some snapped femurs in there somewhere, but as long as it's not you know to their key players, they're still the Super Bowl favorites the way they're playing. Tough, tough ball club from the Jets. Buffalo overcomes. Dude, Mike White, I really thought when he took that second hit, I was like, well, there's a ruptured liver. I thought it was like, they're going to have to like yeah. take out some organs, dude. It was so <laughs> bad looking, man. Yeah, tough guy. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens with the Jets going forward. They've got some good coaching. They've got some good tough players. So I still think the future is bright for the Jets. Obviously, this year, I mean, they're obviously, they're still in the hunt for, you know, a wild card spot and all that kind of stuff. We'll see. Interesting to see how it pans out. But uh, tough game, well fought, Bills, Super Bowl favorites. Yeah, the New York Jets, if the season ended today, would get that seventh and final playoff spot. They're like seven and six. They win a tiebreaker um, versus I forget who. But if I remember, they have like a murderer's row these last couple of weeks. So they've uh, they got their work cut out for. Them. Meanwhile, I see you like Buffalo. You mentioned Buffalo Bills Super Bowl favorites. I'm still a little bit concerned. I still think they have uh, some work to do. Josh Allen only had 147 yards passing. His QBR was 51.1, which isn't good, and it's not Super Bowl caliber. Stephon Diggs only went three for 37. I understand they won the game, and you do what you need to do to win, but um, they're uh, I, I personally, the Chiefs, I think, are, are my Super Bowl favorite out of the AFC, um, even though they kind of did turn off the afterburners and let the uh, Broncos back in it. But nevertheless, clearly uh, a lot of good conversation and discussion that could be had because there's not one team that's just – you know, blowing everybody out uh, in the AFC at least. So, um, yeah, let's keep moving. Browns, Bengals, uh, Bengals did win 23 to 10. This game wasn't really close, even without T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, who went out with injuries. Uh, 20 to 13 to three at half, 20 to three with a nice flea flicker. Uh, Bengals run away with it, but yeah, the, and since he has won five straight, so they're looking pretty good. Deshaun Watson passing yards somewhere around 220. Gosh darn it, this really should have hit. The under should have hit, and, I, and this cost us both some cheddar, Mad Money Mike. But uh, the Bengals played great great defense, but just a couple – all it takes is a couple passes, and next thing you know, you know, 220 isn't, isn't, the, isn't the highest total. But I still like our bet. I feel like if we run it back 100 times, we're going to win like 60 of them, but not in this simulation. What do you think, Mad Money Mike? Yeah, well, as far, you know, to address the whole passing yards over under situation, it, it's so dependent on the flow of the game. Like he had 80 passing yards with 20 seconds left in the first half. But because there was only 20 seconds left and they happened to get that ball, you know, certainly they could have just done a couple run plays. The Bengals only had one timeout, so Bengals weren't going to stop it. They could have done a couple run plays and gone a second half, but they decided to just start airing it out, see what they can do in 20 seconds because they've had like a crap losing season and like whatever. And so in 20 seconds, the Bengals just sit back in a prevent. So it just snaps off 50 passing yards in 17 seconds. So you go 80 passing yards the entire first half, and then he snaps off 50 passing yards in 17 seconds just because the Bengals happen to be sitting back in a prevent, just because, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's just a game flow situation, and, and that just makes all the difference in the world. If the game flow had just been – Oh, so slightly different, man. Like if for whatever reason, the Bengals had taken an extra 15 seconds on their last possession and that had only left five seconds on the clock. I guarantee you the Browns either kneel or just do one run play or whatever to go to the half. It's a whole entirely different situation. 
blah, blah, blah. Take all my money. I hate you, DraftKings. <laughs> Burn an H-E double hockey stick. But uh, anyways, Bengals get the win. Uh, you know, they're playing tough. We all we obviously talk about them as a Super Bowl favorite as well. Um, they put the Chiefs in their place last week. Burrow overcomes his uh, the brown stain that he had in his underwear, which was 0-4. Uh, against Cleveland and uh, finally gets the win. And like you said, the, the win was a lot more dominating than even the score reflected. And they did cover the spread, which was six and a half. Tip of the cap, Bengals. And I wish nothing but the worst for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, we were since we both had like way too much money on that bet, we were, th- we were talking and I was texting. He was like, all right, look, I don't want anybody get, to get injured. I mean, Deshaun Watson, if there was one person that That's the guy. just a small injury take him out of the game, like – Maybe it won't be that bad. But anyway, his stats were not good. He went 26 for 42 for 276 yards, one touchdown and one interception. His QBR was 60, which um, I'm writing a handwritten letter to whoever the heck comes up with the calculations for that because that's way too high. Um, He did not play well in that game. So uh, like I mentioned, the Cincinnati Bengals have won five straight, like you mentioned, including a nice win over the Chiefs last week. Um, and with that, let's stay in the AFC North and talk Ravens Steelers. This game was so close. The Steelers almost pulled it out. I believe this was an Amtrak stadium. So Steelers home game. Um, but welcome back to JK Dobbins hadn't played since like week four. Um, Gus Edwards also had some injuries as well, but, uh, the Ravens were running the ball. They had a 10, nothing lead. And then of course, uh, Pickett goes out with a concussion and Trubisky comes in and he's like, uh, looking great. But uh, he gets old fast. I mean, he ended up throwing three interceptions. You'd have thought this was like the Oprah Christmas episode where you get an interception and you get an interception. Um, And that was going to end up being a little bit too much for the Steelers. On top of that, the Ravens blocked a field goal and the Ravens ended up winning by two, 14 to 16. Um, Even with Josh Hundley getting out injured and Anthony Brown, an undrafted rookie going in for the Ravens. The Ravens still somehow keep finding ways to win and are trying to just keep pace with the Cincinnati Bengals. They're both nine and four right now. So, man, money, Mike, I think that was the last nail in the coffin for the Steelers playoff chances. Uh, what were your thoughts on this game? Yeah, tough break, man. Boswell having uh, a field goal get blocked obviously was the determining factor. The win that that takes out of your sails is uh, immeasurable, man, late in the game that happened in the fourth quarter. That would have brought it to 13-10. The defense had been playing well enough. They absolutely get the win if that field goal doesn't get blocked, man. Come on, special teams. You're better than that. Pretty, uh, pretty. <laughs> I mean, I certainly don't want to say anything inappropriate, but uh, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> well, anyways, we'll uh, we'll move on. But, man, it's, um, it's tough noogies for the Steelers once again. Better luck next year. The Ravens uh, continue to kind of march on with, uh how do i put this uh you know i don't know man like lamar jackson carbon copies dude just like <laughs> just like yeah, roll, they're, roll, they're rolling <laughs> the exact same guys. dude out yeah i mean probably would definitely get roasted in the liberal media for this but it's just like the same exact dude just like it's like one after another man like they're like got a printing press back there <laughs> but that's the style that they play so it makes sense that they recruit guys that play the style that they're coaching to so obviously it makes sense um but, uh, you know, what happens when you make a copy of an original, it's never quite as sharp as the original. And by the time you get to the third copy, it's uh, a little fuzzy, man. So I don't know. I don't know what their future holds for them, but uh, their record's good enough to get them in the playoffs. So get ready to bet against them in round one. 
Yeah, I'm checking. They have 301 points scored, and they've had 250 points against. That's 50 points. I was thinking it'd be closer. For some reason, I feel like every time the Ravens win a game, it's by like two to four points. So um, I don't know if maybe that's just like recency bias with uh, after Lamar's injury, but definitely uh, something we'll need to keep tabs on. Hey, you want to you talk about a game that wasn't close? Let's talk Jags-Titans. In the first quarter, I thought I had picked the Titans like minus three and a half or something. And I actually had them on an alternate spread of like plus eight and a half, like the worst odds ever. I was like, oh, man, there's no way this is going to lose. Uh, Derrick Henry goes for 96 yards and a touchdown in the first quarter, but then he loses two fumbles, only gets two rushing yards in the entire second half, and the Jaguars turn on the afterburners and dominate the Titans 36-22. to The Titans have now lost three straight, sit at 7-6, and six, and a Week 18 matchup versus the Jaguars, who are now 5-8, and eight, might actually turn out to mean something if the Titans cannot right the ship. Mad Money Mike, here's your thoughts on this one. I know that uh, you got two pretty boys that you love talking about, Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know if it's like a hair question or what, but what were your thoughts on the Jaguars, and do you think the Titans are going to be able to get this figured out, or do you think this is the beginning of the end? Dude, Fabio cometh, man. <laughs> this guy is on fire, man. Sunshine knows how to throw the rock. He's, uh, you know, I've I've actually, well, we talked about this in our in our special pod a uh, couple uh, pods ago when we when we did our, our season look back and I talked about how I thought Jacksonville was going to be special at the beginning of the season and their win total over is one of the ones that I got wrong. Uh, who knows, man, at five and eight with four games to go, if they finish nine and eight, they go over and then I end up looking good because uh, they, they found something, man. And, and he's a uh, he's a big athletic quarterback. He's so tall. You know, he's he's a kind of quarterback that can can see over the line and, and make the reads and make it happen. And he's, he's finally clicking and he's finally doing that. I think they've got something special. Obviously, you know, they got the coach who won the Super Bowl in Philly. So they've got some good coaching. They've got players. They've got it all going, man. So, you know, a continued tip of the cap uh, to the Jags. On the other side of the ball, man, play calling, play calling, play calling. Like the old classic folly of like, oh, because we're behind, just now we have to start passing. Oh, we're behind. So we're going to have to – we're gonna have to pass because you had a couple, you had a couple series where Derrick Henry didn't get it done, so you abandoned it. You go back to the rock. That is a running back that will punish defenses, and you have to keep going back to it. Even if you have to punt the ball a couple times, you have to just stick with it. When they abandon the run, this is what happens, man. We've seen it time and time again. You get all worried because Jacksonville's rocking out on the offensive side of the ball. You think you have to catch up, dude. Uh, old boy is uh, is not that guy, man. Um, you know, Tannehill's Tan Hill, yeah. Tan not that guy. Uh, he's, it's just not going to ever happen that way for him. Every once in a while it happens for him, but it's not going to happen for him week in and week out. He doesn't have that skill set. You've got to keep pounding the rock with Derrick Henry. Uh, two yards, second half. That's all you need to know about what happened to the Titans. And, uh, yeah, hang it up, man. They don't They don't have what it takes. Wins out of the sales. Um, or you can edit this. But <laughs> Titans are looking up, man. Brighter days ahead. I see him going deep in the postseason. I don't know. One of those two things, man. We'll, we'll edit that a few weeks from now. It's hard uh, to say, man. They're so inconsistent. I don't know. They've got they've got the playmakers, but I think something something's missing, man. I think it could be coaching. I'm just not sure. I can tell you right now what I'm going to do is they've lost three straight. I feel like all the hype that they were previously – like uh, Mike Vrabel previously like, covered like 10 straight games. So now I feel like all the wins out of the sales – I feel like they're going to turn around, and I will be betting um, against the spread uh, with the Titans. So, 
Uh, however, I do have the Jag schedule pulled up right here, Mammy Mike. They're at home versus the Cowboys, and then they're at the Jets. If we split those games, all right, give them one of them. I mean, the Cowboys, they could blow up. They could suck. They almost lost to the Texans. And then the Jets, you know, Mike White, he's got, like you mentioned, you know, broken you know, appendix, liver, kidneys, ribs. Jaguars win one of those two games, and then they play the Texans. That's a win. And then they close out versus the Titans. They might still win this division. So um, Titans are not in the clear as of yet. Hey, mark up that game, man, January 8th. Titans, Jacksonville. We're look. We're on the prowl for games that are actually going to matter in Week 18. That's going to be one of them. Route. I th- I think there's a good chance that there'll be quite a few games. I think I set the over when we were texting. I think I said the over under five, five and a five or five and a half or something like that. But uh, hey, that's I'm more. That's yeah. more games than there would be on Wild Card Weekend, right? Or I can't remember. It's pretty close, anyways. How many games are on Wild Card Weekend? Six. Three, three, six. Yeah, it should be six. Yeah. So you know, we might get pretty close to that January eighth. Uh, you know, to a, a very similar situation because if games matter the very last week of the season, there's no difference. That essentially becomes wild card weekend because people are trying to get in, get out, win divisions, whatever. So it's just as important. So uh, anyways, mark that one. That's going to be a good one. Nice. All right, let's close out the noon slate with the Eagles and the Giants. Um, we'll also close out the Giants season because this was their last chance and boy, do they suck. I don't know if you saw that. I retweeted this one at It's a Lock Podcast. No uh, apostrophes anywhere. That Giants punter, like trying to punt the ball, and it just like slipped out of his hands and turned into a drop kick. It went like five yards. I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, the Giants are dominating. The, I'm sorry, the Eagles are dominating. They can score at will. You know, they can mix up the game script. They want to run the ball. They want to pass the ball. Uh, Miles Sanders is looking great. Jalen Hurts is looking great. Um, his MVP odds last night. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, shout out to you know Bill Simmons in the Ringer. When they were casting their pod last night, immediately after the Sunday night football game was over, Jalen Hurts' MVP odds were like even money, like minus 105, minus 110. I checked a couple of hours ago, you know, prep for this pod. He's now minus 175. So wow. I hope that uh, sharper people than us are, you know, on the prowl, speaking on the prowl and, and catching odds like that because, um, you know, Josh Allen used to be the favorite. He's like 18 to 1, not playing well. And uh, Patrick Mahomes is, I think, next in line. And uh, I think just hurts with, you know, potential for the Eagles to go 16 and one and uh, his legs and like 10 rushing touchdowns, and like 600 yards with like four games left. It's going to be too much uh, for, you know, even Patrick Mahomes to overcome. But anyway, you know, long winded here, man, money, Mike Eagles roll over the Giants. Giants are done. Saquon with a neck issue. Like you might as well rest them. Danny Dimes. I don't even know if you want to keep him next year. What do you think? I have no idea what's going on with Danny Dimes, dude. This guy, you know, everybody's into, like, weird stuff that they do on their own time. This guy must spend, like, an inordinate amount of time, like, playing with Legos or something. He just, like, he is <laughs> in no way prepared for football, dude. He is just, like, a scared little child boy out there playing bad football. And uh, and like you said, man, Eagles dominant. Squirts can do whatever he wants with the ball, dude. He is just a force to be reckoned with. And your slip of the tongue was actually correct. The Giants were dominant, dominant in their race to the bottom. They are dominant and trying to be the worst team. They saw like some some of the stuff that like the Texans were trying to pull, and they're like, no, 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 no. We we can do worse than that. Come on, boys. Uh, hang it up, dude. That's it. That's it. There's no other way to say it. Hang it up. And uh, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while, man. I'm serious. It's going to be a while for Giants. If you're a Giants fan, like take a decade off, or at least half a decade. You know, get into hiking, fishing, you know, pick up some hobbies. <laughs> Because your team's going to suck for a while, dude. A little football. 
because your team is going to keep <laughs> on sucking. Enough said. All right, let's move to the afternoon and then the night game. We already had to kick it into uh, gun to the head on the recap just because we're already behind. Chiefs-Broncos, Chiefs up 27 to nothing, but Broncos, Russ Wilson, try and get a comeback, but it's not enough. Russ goes into concussion protocol. Brett Ripien comes in, immediately throws an interception. Chiefs hang on 34 to 28. Jerry Judy with three touchdowns. Chiefs 10 and three. Broncos 3 and 10. More poop. Mamity Mike, the Broncos... Nice try, but you still stink. Any thoughts on this one? Oh, I have a thought on it. Who covered? Who covered the spread? Broncos. Yeah, exactly. Chiefs are up 27-0. Jerry Judy is like yelling and he runs. He like chest bumps a ref. That's immediate ejection. But no, (laughs) instead of an immediate ejection, he gets three touchdowns and the Broncos cover. There's not enough aluminum foil in this world to build a hat big enough to put this one under, dude. Get the F out of here, dude. What an absolute joke. This sport is so rigged and so stupid, and that's why we love it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The Broncos had not scored 28 points cumulatively all season. <laughs> so stupid. Did you see that underhand pass from Mahomes to uh, Jerick McKinnon for like 50-yard touchdown? I mean, what can this guy not do? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only <clears throat> reason the only reason that it wasn't 50-something to zero is absolutely because the NFL called it in, and the reason the NFL called it in is because Vegas called it in. Vegas makes the first call. NFL makes a second call. The rest fits squarely under the tinfoil hat. But without, with all that aside, dude, the Chiefs are the nuts, man, for sure. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk Bucks 49ers. Man Money Mike, Brock Purdy beats Tom Brady in a blowout. Um, oh, my gosh. Purdy looked pretty good. He, uh, was ma- he was scrambling. He was mobile in the pocket, making great passes. Uh, also ran in for a touchdown. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had an excellent toe-touch touchdown to put him up 21 nothing although i'm writing a handwritten letter because the toe tap doesn't count i don't know if you saw that replay but he was out of bounds that should not have happened and of course the over under barely goes over there were six touchdowns in this game no field goals i mean what in the heck let's talk tinfoil hat here the refs hate the bucks throwing an interception and then oh 49ers just all gas, no breaks. They don't want to, like, why? Why do you need to score so many points? Can't you stop at 28? I mean, they scored like 35 points in the first half. What in the heck is going on here? I'm pissed. Um, And also, Fox was pissed. They switched it to the Panthers-Seahawks game, like, in the middle of the third quarter. <laughs> I mean, this is Bucks 49ers with Tom Brady. Two playoff contenders. Right now, these teams are going to make the playoffs. And it was such a bad blowout. They switched it to Panthers-Seahawks. Talk about a blah game. Wolf, Niners have won six straight. They lose Debo Samuel. Mad Money Mike, the culminating question I have for you is, without Debo Samuel, high ankle sprain, and of course without Jimmy G, can the 49ers still somehow make it to the Super Bowl? Nope. That's an easy one. There's a little thing in the NFL NFL called the film room. And obviously Purdy is taking advantage of the fact that no one even knew he existed. There's zero game film on him. So give these teams a couple weeks to hit the film room and like figure out his nuances. Dude, he's a rookie quarterback. He's going to go down in a heap now. He's got a bright future, man, but this season is going to end badly for the 49ers, unfortunately. Uh, losing Debo Samuel was tough, but they will get one-dimensional very fast. C-Mac can only do so much on the ground. Defenses will absolutely dominate the 49ers' attempt at a passing game later in the season and into the postseason. They will be out of the postseason early, unfortunately but uh, brighter days ahead 
for the 49ers and best of luck to Debo Samuel. Meanwhile, your statement on Tampa Bay is incorrect. They may not make the playoffs because Panthers and Falcons are only one game back. Panthers or Falcons overtake them. If they can, if the Bucs continue to play this way, Carolina, Atlanta overtake them to win the division. Bucks will not win a wild card spot. So they yeah. lose their division and they will not win a wild card spot. If there's money on Bucks to miss the playoffs, anyone out there who is still able to bet, I highly recommend you take it. I'm going to pull it up right now. I think if I check, I checked earlier, the division winner for the NFC South, the Bucks are still minus 300. Panthers plus 350, Falcons plus 1200. And if you don't like money, the Saints are plus 3000. Mad Money Mike. Plus 350 on the Panthers is is a free triple up. Anybody like to triple up? Anyone? 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 <laughs> triple up? That's a free triple up, dude. The Bucks. I'm not touching that. I'm not touching that. Fine, Sam okay, Darnold. Fine. Then you're not. Your hand wasn't up. You don't like tripling up. That's fine. That's why the Bucks are still minus 300, though, because you're looking at Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Take your tracker. Take the Mari- tracker. Mariota is out for the Take Falcons. The They've got the – I don't even know who the guy is starting scared. for the Falcons. I think you're scared. I think you're scared to take it to the tracker. Oh, Lord. All right, we'll come back to that one. But anyway, the game sucked. 35-7, to 7, the over hits. Why? This was your lock of the week. Why didn't I just take the Falc- uh, Sorry, the 49ers minus 3.5? I also knew it was going to be a blowout. All right, Panthers, Seahawks. The Panthers win. Geno throws a bunch of interceptions, more Oprah, yada, yada, 30-24. to 24. Darnold is that quarterback. <sighs> Seahawks aren't going to make the playoffs. They're going to fall out. Panthers are not going to make the playoffs. Mad Money Mike, this is not a good football game. Is there anything you you'd like know that the division winner automatically goes? They're not going to win the division. All right, we're going to take it to the tracker. We'll take hey, it to the tracker. There, there we go. All right, Sunday night football. Dolphins, Chargers. Tua sucks, man. He's not good. <laughs> I don't know why Roll, I bet money on him to throw four touchdowns. <laughs> That was a dude. That was ballsy, man. If that would have hit, you would have looked. Uh, you would have looked. You looked real good, man. But no, it did not hit. Two, it does suck. I do believe that depending on which edited version of the pod you listen to, Mad Money Mike has said this many times in the past. I was the only one in Pickham. No, someone else took the Chargers and Pickham, but for a lower point total. I was one of only two people to take the Chargers and Pickham, and it was for the higher point total. So kudos to me on seeing this coming. Dolphins are in big trouble, man. Injuries are starting to pile up. They're offensive little guys who are not exactly like meatheads. They got some sprites that are running around out there, dude. You can get you can get banged up real quick when you're a light little sprite, dude. And they've got some bang ups piling up. Ice. Their guys are over there icing their ankles mid game, dude. That is not a good sign, man. Icing your ankle mid game and then limping back out there. They're in big trouble heading into the postseason, man. Big trouble. Meanwhile, uh, Chargers quarterback. Justin Herbert sets an all-time NFL record for most passing yards in his first three seasons, surpassing Andrew Luck, and he's now within single-digit touchdowns of passing Dan Marino for most touchdown passes in the first three seasons all-time. The kid is on fire and has a bright future ahead of him. With that, uh, you know, with the uptick, if they can kind of continue this momentum and the way their defense is playing, they could definitely make some moves in the postseason. Yeah, they look great. Like, I almost really think that uh, you remember Justin Herbert. He had like a rib injury like back weeks ago. Yeah, you know he was he was able to keep playing, but I think he's clearly recovered from that. I don't know if you mentioned his stats, but 367 passing yards. Also, they've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. You know, great wide receivers, both back now. 
They combined for 18 receptions over 200 yards. I completely agree with you. The Chargers dominated this game. It was 23 to 17, but it was not close at all. Uh, they doubled the Dolphins in both time of possession and yards. Uh, the Dolphins are fraudsters. They're frauds. They've lost two in a row. They got blown out by the Niners last week. And like you mentioned, Chargers are now the number seven seed in the AFC. So, um, yeah, Tua sucks. He went three for 15, three of 15 for 19 yards. He threw 15 pass attempts, and he completed three of no, them. No, no, no. Wait, that must be – that was in the half. In the first half. In okay, the first yeah, half. yeah, 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 yeah. But still, he end, unbelievable. He ended 10 for 28 for 145 yards, and like 80 of them were because Tyreek Hill is very fast. So I'm pissed. As you can tell, and uh, yeah, that's gonna do it. We need to we need to move ahead to oh god, where are we at now? I got some injuries here, man. Money Mike, you want to hear? And then we'll take a look at. I don't think we have time for the standings. Um, nothing has changed. Uh, the Houston's are still at the bottom. The Eagles are still at the top. <laughs> All right, yeah. The Dallas wide receiver. The D- Dallas signed uh, T. Y. Hilton, and uh, so they passed on OBJ. So they did get some more wide receiver help. I think Michael Gallup T-Y- dropped that touchdown pass. Why? Hilton, T.Y. Hilton. I hope they invested in one of those uh, wheelchairs that goes up the staircase automatically, dude. Oh my God, this guy, this guy was a rookie in 1978, man. T.Y. Hilton. Whoa, well, tip of the cap, man. That's gonna be a big difference maker. Oh, oh my God. God. All right, Ravens quarterback situation. Keep an eye out. Keep tabs on Lamar Jackson with his knee injury still week to week. Don't know exactly how that's going. Also, Tyler Huntley in concussion protocol. So. Um, revision three, Anthony Brown might be playing this week. Keep tabs on that. I mentioned for the Falcons, Marcus Mariota is on injured reserve. Desmond Ritter is going to be quarterback. Mike White with his rib injury is day to day. He's expected to be available, but the, uh, their defensive lineman star Quinn and Williams is also day to day with a calf injury. So I'll stay tuned on that. Debo has a high ankle sprain, most likely out for the season. Uh, Debo Samuel wide receiver for the 49ers. Uh, Kenny Pickett's in concussion protocol quarterback for the uh, Steelers. Uh, the Bengals wide receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, are both day-to-day, one with a hammy and one with a finger. So there are no more buys, Mad Money Mike. We have a full Hey-o. slate of games. Yo, this Here is when I make my move and pick them, dude. This is when I come back. You already made your move. You were in first place, and then you made your move to the bottom. Okay, bottom, come on, man, it's a little dramatic. I don't know if bottom is the exact word, but yes, middle or whatever. But now with the rest of these four, we got four weeks to go with no buys. We got big time point totals. I'm about to dominate, baby. It's about to be a phoenix rising from the ashes. Let's go. Yeah, let's move to the game lines. No more buys. uh, Six teams coming off a buy, though, so keep that in mind. Colts, Saints, Bears, Falcons, Commanders, and Packers. Try and keep tabs on all that. And there are three Saturday games. There's a Thursday night football game. It's a good time of year. It is a good time of year. Mad Money Mike, let us start with uh, Thursday night football. 49ers on a – well, both these teams on a a short week. 49ers heading into Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. 49ers only three-and-a-half point dogs. Is this going to be weird Thursday night magic? Because if the answer is this is a regular football game, 49ers by a million. Um, the Bucks are no better than the Seahawks, and the 49ers defense is just going to dominate. What do you think, Matt Money Mike? Yeah, trap line. Trappity trap trap. Everyone and their brother will be on the 49ers. Therefore, taking the Seahawks plus three and a half. Nice. That is some zigging and zagging. God, it's tough to zag against the 49ers. 
All right, I'm with you. The harder it is to do, the, the more you know it's right. Um, all right, let's move to some Saturday games. Colts, Vikings, Vikings at home, laying four. Colts coming off a bye. Jeff Saturday at the coach in position, and Matt Ryan still, I believe, paying quarterback. I think the Vikings are going to have a chip on the shoulder. I think they can cover four versus a Colts team that uh, hasn't looked good after their first win on, under Saturday. What do you think, Matt Money Mike? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people. I think this is a middle of the road betting spot. It's not like some situation where like, oh, everyone's gonna be taking the Vikings. Vikings just lost to the Lions. Everyone thinks the Vikings are overrated. I definitely don't think this is a trap thing. I think this is definitely a uh, who's gonna show up and play. Agree with you, chip on the shoulder. Vikings still have all those offensive weapons. Everybody's healthy. They don't have any injuries. Give me Vikings minus four. Yeah, another option is like the Vikings like love one score games four points is right in the middle of that you could consider a safer bet minus 200 on the money line yep. all right we're going to skip over ravens browns um and we're going to talk the saturday night football game dolphins at buffalo buffalo bills laying seven and a half bad money mike i i have not liked buffalo covering spreads but when you think nighttime december football in buffalo and the fraudster southern miami dolphins i'm pissed at the dolphins so maybe i'm betting with my heart right here but i think buffalo can cover seven and a half what do you think yeah i definitely agree gun to my head absolutely buffalo minus seven and a half they know the importance of continuing momentum at this last third of the season into the postseason dolphins are just too banged up man guys over there icing their ankles to uh losing confidence in himself being very inaccurate with the ball i just don't see him being able to overcome that uh, definitely a buyer beware situation, but gun to my head, give me Bills seven and a half. All right, I'm with you. Let's move to some key matchups in the Sunday slate. The Detroit Lions with that impressive victory over the Vikings, heading into New York, taking on the Jets, coming off that tough loss versus the Bills. The Jets at home are one point favorites. I'm sorry, one point underdogs, making the Lions one point favorites on the road. Man, Money Mike, I am not too sure which way to go on this one. I see the over-under is 44-and-a-half. Are you riding high with the Lions, or do you think that uh, the Jets are going to be able to tame them? Wild line right here, dude. Absolutely wild line. One-point Lions on the road. Jets playing tough football. Jets have a quarterback situation. They got dudes banged up. Who knows what's going to happen with you know, Mike White, Joe Flacco, the geriatric. Are they going to bring back Zach Wilson at some point in the game? The Lions look unstoppable. Can they keep that momentum going? Are the Jets' defense tough enough? Ah, this is bonkers, dude. But I, I think because Mike White got so beat up is going to be the determining factor for me. Big time buyer beware. Massive red flashing warning lights on this one, but gun to the head. Give me Lions minus one. Hey, yo, he's buying in. Lions won five out of six on the road in New York. But yeah, the Jets, I mean, uh, putting up 12 points, it's uh, not going to win a lot of games, especially versus the Lions. All right, let's move to the afternoon slate, man. Mike, Cincinnati Bengals heading into Tampa Bay, taking on the Buccaneers. Bengals favored by three and a half, and I love them. Like I said, they've won five straight. They beat the Chiefs. Three and a half is just not enough points. I really think this should be closer to seven. The Buccaneers are not good, and they're not going to get better because once you get to a certain age, you just don't get better. You just, like, try to not get keep getting worse so um tb12 you know i've heard different things about whether or not he's going to hang it up but um his his better days are over with and uh, this is going to be another unsatisfying loss what do you think 
Yeah, I definitely do see this as a trap. I'm pretty sure that everybody and their brother is going to be pounding bagels minus three and a half. The Buccaneers do have some running backs between White and Fournette. They know how to run the ball. What the Bengals just showed us against the Browns is that they're going to, they're going to, they can't play both. They can't play run and pass. We just saw that against the Browns. They knew that Deshaun Watson was bad enough. They played the run. They stopped Nick Chubb in that prolific, uh, and, you know, uh, the Kareem Hunt, the prolific run from the Browns. And they let, you know, Deshaun Watson throw a bunch of passing yards because they knew he couldn't capitalize on it. That's not going to work against the Bucs. They're going to try to play one or the other. And if they play the pass, the Bucs do have the runners. If they play the run, they got Tom Brady and the passers. So I think that the Bucs can keep it close enough. Big time anti-bet here. I'm taking the Bucs plus three and a half. We taking that to the tracker for Fitty? Pound it. Hey, yo. All right, I need to put that Panthers on the, the tracker too. Okay, I'll get that later. All right, let's keep moving. I disagree with everything you said right there. Um, the Titans heading into Los Angeles taking on the Chargers. Chargers, like we just mentioned, two and a half point favorites. They're really coming into form. Uh, Titans kind of, you know, might be a buy low opportunity, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Titans only getting two and a half. I'm actually hoping if you sit on this, it'll actually get to the full three or maybe in some wild simulation through to three and a half. Um, I can't see anybody betting on the Titans, and I can see a lot of people betting on the Chargers. So I'm liking the Titans at two and a half, and uh, you know maybe wait till closer to game time to try and snag a plus three. What do you think, Mad Money Mike? Yeah, obviously that's a very very tough line to bet. If you put it in a parlay and you do a little teaser and you can get three and a half, definitely think it's a trap situation. Chargers looking so good beating Dolphins. You certainly think that everybody's going to be pounding Chargers. Vegas knows what they're doing. They know how to keep the lights on. You got to anti-bet this one. Titans look like garbage, and that's the reason why we're taking them, plus 2.5. Nice. All right. Giants, close it out. Sunday night football, Giants versus Commanders. The rematch. This happened two weeks ago, ended with a 20-20 to tie. Funny enough, the over-under is set at 39.5. Commanders at home this time, four-and-a-half-point favorites. Man, Money Mike, I think, the, yeah, Commanders are coming off of a bye. Um and I'm taking them four and a half. I don't think that's enough points. I think the Giants are just on a free fall. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think this game's going to really grab much attention, so it doesn't fall in line with you know the trap Vegas situation. I think it's just a you know let's do our best to read into it. And uh, Saquon with the neck injury and and everything that's going on, and Ron Rivera certainly uh, knows how to get his boys ready for a game coming off a of bye week. Go ahead, gun to the head. Give me Commanders minus four and a half. Awesome. All right, that is going to close out our Week 15 look ahead and bring us to our signature segment, Locks of the Week. I'll tell you what. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rice. How much? $100? $200? Thousand. Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock, No. All right, Mad Money Mike, I fall to five and nine and am going to have to scrub all of our files so that there is no evidence of this segment ever existing. Meanwhile, you improved to eight and seven with a nice call. The 49ers crushing the Buccaneers. Looking at week 15, this is episode number 16. I really need to get right back onto the winner's circle, or the win wherever the heck the winners are. I don't know if it's a circle or a square. Maybe you could tell me or some other sort of shape. Um, I need to get back there, and I'm going to start off by taking 
the Cincinnati Bengals on the road in Tampa Bay, laying three and a half. Joe Burrow is not going to let me down. The Buccaneers suck, and they're not going to score any points. I don't care that Tom Brady is back there. He can only yell so madly at so many different people. Uh, Bengals are going to cover three and a half. I'm going to write the ship. Mad Money Mike, that is my lock of the week. What do you got? Nice. I am circling right back around to a game that we just discussed. And as we've said on this pod many times, we love Riverboat Ron and the Washington Commanders get it done at home. Minus four and a half against the Giants. It's a lock. Nice. I love it. All right. Let's close out with our signature closeout segment. (laughs) Diaper Dad Diaries. Mad Money Mike, what you got cooked up over there? Yeah, I have, uh, you know, not much. Uh, it's been a little bit of, uh, you know, the doldrums of uh, of early winter. Not too much going on here, but I did just have one cute thing that we uh, that we wrote down, trying to write down like the things that she said. So we we hit a little bit of a rough patch doing like bedtime again. We were in this like great thing of like, okay, bath, brush teeth, go in, read one book, and she's like, I want to go in my crib now, and we put her in her crib and like, hey, do you want us to pat your back? She's like, no, go to sleep, daddy. Night time, we're like, okay, awesome. Like the whole thing took like a matter of minutes. So we were in that nice pattern for a while. But then all of a sudden, now over the last week or so, we're back into like, one more story, one more story. And then after story time, now sing me a song. Now one more song and wants to keep going. And then when it's like time to like break away, it's just like, you know, big time tears. Like does just can't break away. So just Mm. it's crazy how with these kids, man, the patterns shift. But anyway, so that's kind of what we've been going through so then over the last couple of days we're like hey we got to break this pattern so we're like setting some boundaries and uh you know we've been telling her like listen there's only one more story and then that and then and then after the one more story i'll sing you a song and then you go in your crib okay you know like setting the telling her what's going to happen and then like sticking to it even just saying one more like no remember we told you one more so been that for the last few days and then last night actually it was just last night so like as we're getting ready uh to like do bedtime and stuff um so elena was doing bedtime we switch off who does it each night and so you know elena was doing the final thing last night and they're like getting all ready and like elena's reading her in the middle of the story before the song as she's reading the story valley grabs her puts both of her hands on her cheeks and turns her face and she goes so listen mommy the rule is there'll be one more song (laughs) it's like we never because we never and we never use the word rule we never said anything about rules so for her to say that was just like Elena said, I mean, it's, and you know how it is. It's like, it's hard to like capture the way that a kid says something. So it was just like the particular way that she said it. Elena said she, it was like making her laugh so damn hard. So she was like trying to like control her laughter and stuff. So yeah, so she grabbed her face and said, so mommy, here's the rule. You sing one song or something like that. So we were cracking up about that, man. Kids are absolutely wild. So yeah, that's the old diaper dad diary of the week. Oh man, that's freaking sweet. All right, over here. I have uh, just a couple two short ones. Uh, I forgot if I mentioned it, but when we were in uh, Mexico, at the we're at the Hard Rock uh, Hotel, and they have you know a bunch of uh, paintings on the wall or like art, you know, like pictures, whatever, whatever, framed, whatever. And one time we're walking back to the room, and Kramer points at one of the pieces of art and says, "May I break it?" Just like <laughs> so nicely, but like he wants to be so disruptive, so we're like. No, Kramer, like that's art. You can't break that. And then oh, that's just the other day, right just the other day, we had some bad weather here in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, me, and it was it was it was the uh, father son time. And so Kramer's like, oh, I want to go outside to the park. Like, it's a Sunday. Like everything's closed. 
um, and it's rainy out, so you can't go to the park. There's this little indoor castle thing where, like, you know, kids go and they play, and it's all fun and stuff. Like, the castle didn't open until noon, and so I was like, okay, like, all right, I've got an idea. Like, let's make our own castle. And if you've ever, like, gotten out, like, blankets and sheets and, like, put chairs together and, like, draped them over, and then, like, you crawl under it and, like, get a flashlight, and it's a, it's a real hoot. And uh, so we busted that out, did that for the first time, and it was uh, not good. Uh, Kramer <laughs> got on top of the chairs, and so like on the you know quote unquote roof of this castle, you know like it's uh, just blankets, so it's not load bearing. And he thought he could walk on it, so Ooh, he like takes yep. a step off of the chair, thinking he could walk on the you know the blanket, and just falls like conks his head, and that was issue. That was that was definitely the biggest issue. Luckily, his mom wasn't there, so. Um, no no evidence no no punishment for dad uh and then the second thing was like you know we're in the we're underneath like with the flashlight turn all the lights off like we're reading a book and uh kramer just gets the flashlight he just like shines it like point blank in my eyes like i'm seeing i'm still seeing spots (laughs) and then he does it to himself and then he kept doing it to both of us like kramer that hurts and like doesn't that hurt you too like stop it i don't want vision problems for both of us so um i don't know if he was like He's in concussion protocol, and I think that may have affected why he was doing the flashlights. Um, I don't know, just checking, making sure everything was working up there. But anyway, that was a diaper dad diaries. Dude, absolutely classic, man. And, uh, you know, I guess in case Chittam wants to listen to the podcast this week, you'll have to tell her there was like an uploading error or something so you don't like give yourself away <laughs> on that one. Dude, I've had that exact same thing happen. Exact same thing. I made a fort. I put the sheet like connecting the back of the couch and the wall, and we were like yeah. kind of climbing between it. She was on the couch and she just like went to go on the sheet <laughs> right over the back of the couch, dude. Dude, it was like one of the scariest times, man. Uh, uh, yeah, lesson learned think, on that one. I think the 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 moms stop listening, zone out long before this Diaper Dad Diaries segment. So uh, yeah, cross my fingers that I'm okay on this. Yeah, ditto, brother. Ditto. <laughs> uh, all right, Mammy Mike, season three, episode number sixteen. I think we hit all of the items on the agenda. How do you want to close this out? As always, Big Bet Brent, I appreciate you. I appreciate our loyal listeners. I am looking forward to the plethora of tweets that we're going to receive at It's a Lock Podcast <laughs> and the inundation of loyal listener emails that we're going to receive at It's a Lock Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, look forward to reading those on the air. Probably we'll uh, have to you know, do a whole segment uh, on that because there'll be so many. But uh, hey, man, last uh, last home stretch. We got four weeks of NFL. Everybody, gird up your loins, get ready, tune in, turn up your volumes because we got some ched to stack, and I cannot wait to do it again next time, my man. Well said, Mad Money Mike. Couldn't have said it better myself. That is going to do it for It's a Lock Podcast, season three, episode number sixteen. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.